Yo, 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 what up and welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast. It's a deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. Yes, your favorite minorities are back and we are reporting for duty. I'm Kobe Mack and as always here with me on the East Coast is my favorite Egyptian, Shama. And on the West Coast, his favorite Puerto Rican, Raul. Hey, hey, hey. But yo, on today's episode is the continued Will Smith and Oscars fiasco. We've got reviews on deck for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Michael Bay's Ambulance, and last week's Morbius. But for now, let's get back into how everybody's been. I feel like I haven't heard from y'all in a little bit. What's up? I've been going a little bit crazy. Primarily, maybe this is a conversation we need to have. I don't know where where Shama stands on this, but I'm going a little bit crazy every time, like because I, I've been hearing so many people say ambulance when it's ambulance, you know. So, Shama, how do you say it? You know, for me, it's whatever the way I will say it. Like because sometimes people even will not understand it if I said ambulance or ambulance or uh, ambulance like Michael Bay but like I know in the in the footage that he, Michael Bay is doing for marketing the movie in several events he keeps saying ambu la sometimes he says like ambu lands and but he from what I know that even he had to change the posters with Universal because you know most of the Michael Bay movies are with Paramount especially that he has a street at the Paramount lot saying Michael Bay Street but this movie is a universal movie. So they did not do the poster the first time he wanted when he wanted LA to be highlighted in a different color. And they have to re- they had to re-release the posters again, saying like ambulance, like the ambu in white and NCE in white and LA in green. But whatever it is, sometimes What a diva. What a diva. Exactly. Sometimes capitalizing the letters, wow. highlighting them, different colors does not save the movie from its imminent. I just fit. I j- I just know that a lance is a is a thing, and so when it's like ambulance, I want to like I want to hear from the people. Like, how do you say it? Like, let us know. Hit us up on the socials. Really, to me, it's ambulance. To Michael Bay, it's ambulance, and to Colby, it's ambulance. And while you're there, hitting us up on the socials, make sure you give the show a follow at M Report Pod on Twitter, and on Instagram. And of course, subscribe to the website for any and all new content at mreportpod.com. First up on the report, the box office. What a crazy box office. Like the best weekend, most 78% of the U.S. states are on spring break. So lots of families are trying to get out of the houses, especially like with the fluctuation between the weather up, ups and downs. But I think we are at this time that we can say that we are pre-pandemic times. So I don't think we should be like repeating that like, oh, this is the biggest since the pandemic. This is the smallest since the pandemic because the numbers are literally like changing. In our number 10, we have Sing 2. The movie still like getting there. Number number 9, we have Selena in its 25th anniversary re-release for the movie. Spider-Man No Way Home still in the first top 10. It's in number 8. Number seven, we have Uncharted with a total of $383 million. In number six, we have like our newcomer in its second week of, of wide release, 
everything, everywhere, all at once. This movie will need time to talk about. This movie did $8,428,000 total so far in two weeks. This week, this upcoming week, it's expanding in over, over 1,200 more screens in this upcoming weekend. In number five, we have The Batman with a worldwide of 736,000, um, not thousands, of course, because like this would be a disaster to the Warner Brothers executives that we thought that they're going to die <laughs> two years ago. But now it's at $736 million. Well, from what we're hearing, they don't have much time anyway. <laughs> Those exactly. executives are probably out. Yeah, oh, definitely. Especially that the movie is coming on HBO Max next week. In number four, That's we have right. the Michael Bay's Ambulance, 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 <laughs> Ambulance, whatever it is, you know, with in its first week. Raul, ¿cómo se dice Ambulance in, um, in español? Ambulancia. Ambulancia. See, sí. so we have like Ambulancia here sí. at $8,700,000. In number three, The Lost City is still keeping up, which is a, a very like lighthearted, fun movie. And the movie... Lost City at $78,400,000. In number two, we have Morbius with $10 million in its second weekend. One of the biggest drops for a Marvel movie ever in its second week. Over 70% drop. It should be 99% drop. But whatever whatever money we're getting, it helps helps the industry. It helps Sony to spend this money in, across the Spider-Verse and, and the sequels, because we will need something that will keep us up, not morbidly down. In number one, we have like the unstoppable Sonic the Hedgehog coming back with like $71 million in this past weekend. Sonic is like the first pandemic movie that was released on Valentine's of 2020. And then in two weeks... When everything was shutting down, Paramount announced that they are doing a sequel. And the sequel was entirely filmed during the pandemic. And the post-production was through the pandemic and after the pandemic. And the movie was released in theaters two years from the original. So it's like the fully pandemic movie that like have the, the release and the sequel. It's pretty impressive the way that like Sonic has come to life. Because keep in mind, before the movie debuted, before the pandemic... It had its own pandemic when they released images and a trailer of the first look of Sonic. Do y'all remember that first look of Sonic? It was horrendous. Of course, It man. was horrendous. It was awesome. It was hor- horrifying, yes. more like yeah. it. Like, it was like, it was searing, it, it was sending children screaming for the high heavens. And the studio actually listened. And remember, I think we talked about it on the podcast, like, yo, are we, are, are, is the audience having too much power? And how reactionary these studios are. But just think of like, yo, they righted the ship. They put the movie on hold. They redid all the effects. They did redid the character design. And like now, not only did they put out a movie at the precipice of the pandemic. Like Shama said, a sequel entirely shot during the pandemic. Technically, we're still not out of the pandemic. This is unprecedented. It is unprecedented and so impressive. That, we canceled that word. That word is being canceled. No, it's canceled. It started from me. Yeah. It started from Colby. So, like, it's different. No, 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 no. no. Shama, <laughs> we got to say crazy. I think that's what Shama adapted last episode. Crazy. Okay. That's crazy. what crazy using now. Crazy, crazy times. It, but to mention this, it's, like, def- 
Sonic was the original budget for the first one was like 60 million dollars. The reshoot and the visual effects took the movie, I think, to 75 million dollars as a budget, which is so impressive, honestly. Because especially in the second, in the sequel, the visual effects are one of the best. Like I I was like paying attention to the fine details, other than the like, proportions between like the sizes, which we will talk about into in details when we're talking about the movie, but to have like the first one with the reshoots, with the visual effects getting changed to 75 million, that's impressive. Yeah, and I think that they put the money to good use, right? Like I think the story is much improved. I mean, obviously for those that remember the original, you got a classic video game character in Sonic, video game bad guy in Jim Carrey playing Dr. Robachnik, AKA Eggman. And in this one, he's super manic. He's absolutely back. Cause like, yo, the balls that that first movie had to put a stinger to set up and rev up the expectations for a sequel where my dude is trapped on the mushroom planet going balls to the wall crazy. He finds his way back to Earth. He's got a new ally with him. Knuckles, the echidna. Did I know what an echidna was before watching this movie? I kind of heard that word before. I didn't know that's what Knuckles was because like I'm a fan of the Sonic video game. Like I played it on my Game Gear and stuff like that. But, like, I'm not, like, a super fan that was inside the theater. No, like, there's legit super fans that were inside of these theaters waiting for this. Because we have Sonic, and he's back with his new friend, Tails. And him and he are the only two folks and some other characters, humans, that stand in the way of Dr. Robotnik from taking over the world. Um, This movie is directed by Jeff Fowler. It is written by Pat Casey, Josh Miller, John Whittington. And it's got a little bit of everybody in it. Jim Carrey's back. Ben Schwartz is back as the voice of Sonic. You got James Marsden, Tika Sumter, Idris Elba, <laughs> Natasha Rothwell, Shamar Moore, and um, oh man, I, I I do not want to flub up the name. Um, let me search it real quick. I, I did not get it down, but like she plays, she voices the character of Sonic in like the the latest iterations of the video game. Um, and it's it's interesting because like usually in a movie you'd have some type big um, you know actor to come and like voice like a iconic character and stuff like that colleen o'shaughnessy she's the voice of tales um a long-standing voice actress shout out to her did a great job inside the movie so you guys watch this i have not gotten a chance to watch it i'm going to watch it um i will say i like the first one i am a huge fan of the video game franchise so like for me like there is something that like I enjoy about watching this, but also I, it still feels semi-animated. So it's still like that. It's it's a reach for me to like fully enjoy this, but it is fun. Um, I am going to watch it. Knuckles is has been my favorite uh, character since he was introduced. So I'm really excited to see him in the movie, but you guys did get to see it. So what did you guys think? Uh, Shama, let's start with you. What did you think of the movie? Uh, first of all, like I'm Not a similar, spoiler. like I said, similar to you, like um, Sonic was one of my favorite video games, like uh, as like a childhood, as in my childhood, in my early teenage times, I used to play Nintendo, Sega, like um, Sonic was my favorite and Mario, of course, which we will talk about later because like from what's happening with Sonic, Universal is changing things in the in the upcoming Mario movie because like they're using some of and the Mario movie like the amount of people in the voice cast we'll talk about it later because like I'm really impressed with what they are doing but to talk about this one 
honestly, when 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 the first one they said like it's coming and we saw the first um, trailer, I was like, oh my gosh, please no, do not ruin our childhood. And then they listened to us and they changed Sonic and how it, how he looked like. And we all enjoyed the first one. Yes, it came in those unprecedented times of that time of 2020. But and as as we said, the the sequel really they managed to have a stronger sequel that that kept the balance between a valid storytelling and refreshing visual effects. I enjoy the visual effects in this movie, and I I am always concerned if we are using the same villain in a new movie, especially in a sequel that came like two years apart. But it's Jim Carrey; he can like change his skin, he can like add more things. It's still like his his acceptable cheesiness that um, keeps the fun going around. And uh, honestly, they did not fall in the trap of repetition. Like they in, they introduced to us like two of the most beloved Sonic characters and utilized them properly. And the voice cast is phenomenal. Having Idris Elba playing Knuckles with his like um, eh, being like uh, so serious and naive at the same time from a different universe, and you feel like that uh, like Sonic is trying like to to break the ice and having like without spoiler, of course, like whoever did not play. Sonic doesn't know everything about Knuckles, but they even kept the um, the thrill, the thrilling happening around because, like, some people thought that like Knuckles will be the main villain, but throughout the movie we know what happens because, as people know, Knuckles is not a bad guy. So, um, my non-spoiler thoughts: like, I truly, truly enjoyed this movie, and it's more than what I expected them to do in this short span of time. It's really impressive how this Sonic the Hedgehog movie is bigger, it's stronger, it's smarter, and dare I say, it's faster. And what I mean by bigger is that this movie is on a grander scale where most of the events from the first film take place in this small town. There's more stakes as this is something where world domination is at hand. It's stronger in that it still keeps the same familiar themes that you expect, it's a story that deepens the friendship that is um, that's brotherly between Sonic and Tails, and then you know, kind of like a father and son, like uh, with uh, Sonic and James Marsden character. It's also a smarter film. I think it really incorporates more of the elements in, like, for me not being a super fan of the game, but be a respectable enough. I'm like, oh snap! I remember this from playing the game. Um, there's a lot more pop cultural references that seem to fit. Does every joke land? No, but jokes land enough for kids to love. And what I also mean by it's bigger, it's a much longer film. Not to the film's detriment, though. There's some fat that can be trimmed, but I think there's enough to keep you entertained and invested inside of this really like cute franchise. Um, but it is faster. Like It's faster in the sense that you have Sonic that's tapping into more of who he wants to be. As much as this is a video game movie, this is also like a superhero film because Sonic wants to do something more. He understands that he has great power, but is also being challenged with the responsibility of that power. Like, yo, it's a really great springtime, family fun, action adventure movie. Um, it delights in everything that made the first work. Um, I love Natasha Rothwell. Her comedy's great. Um, of course, a lot of folks will find that all the elements that feature the humans in this film outside of Robotnik is the weakest part of the film, just like it was in the first one. But you kind of need that to be able to have the balance for adults too, outside of just the video game stuff. 
right? And that you get with these, you know, uh, highly visual effects characters. Um, it's super creative. I love the way that they conceptualize Robotnik inside this world. It's a lot of fun. Where the character goes outside of this is going to really be a really big question mark. But I got to be honest with you, with everything that worked in the first, and as great as much as I love the second, I think that this movie cements itself, I will say it, the greatest video game movie franchise in cinematic history. Um, did you... Uh, like I'm guessing that we're not counting Detective Pikachu in this conversation. So once again, parse my words: greatest video game movie franchise in cinematic history. One every now and then pops a video game movie that's respectable. Of course, you have the ones that we kind of retrospective, like yo, there was some greatness there to how bad we may have interpreted the first one. But this is now consecutive films that I have passing scores for. I gave a 7 out of 10 to the first Sonic. And we'll get to the report card later. But this is two highly recommended movies that I have, which that legitimized it as a franchise. The third one is already coming. Hmm. Like, name a collection of good video game franchise movies. I dare you. That's fair. Honestly, That's I, fair. I cannot think of a single one. Yeah, me one. too. I'm trying I, I, no, listen. Listen, <laughs> let's, listen, I'll be honest. I'll be honest because I did not watch this. I had time to Google while you were giving your reviews. And uh, it doesn't exist. If you want to like consider more than one without watching Sonic, I'll give it to you just because of the buzz. Uh, individual films, different conversation. Of course. Franchises, I'll give it to you. I'll give hey. it to you. Much appreciated, dude. <laughs> now, yes. let's get into report cards. What's your report cards for this? Shama. I'm at a 7.5 out of 10. This movie, like, yeah. I, as as Kalen, as Colby said, part of that they are not on the nose with anything, even the human beings, uh, we, don't, we don't need like to have like more depth into them. But at the same time, we needed more depth into Dr. Robotnik's character. And here, we can understand why he's doing this more than the first one. The first one was just like, okay, he's there, he's a villain, we don't know why. But here, we know why, which was amazing to just like throw it there. In addition to, you feel the growth that, that Sonic was a, a child in the first one. Here is like almost a teenager, which I loved, without like pointing to this out. You just like see it through the characters. But overall, I'm at a nice. 7.5 out of 10. I'm at a supersonic eight out of ten. Nice, love it. Um, I am, I, you know, Shama mentioned the humans in this, uh, that the people instead of the animations. Um, I loved James Marsden in the first one, so I'm excited to to see him in this one. But yo, that is it. Uh, next up on the report, we're gonna get into news. Colby, what's on the news? Yo, the Academy has made its decision. Bum bum bum. The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences officially bans Will Smith from the Oscars for 10 years. Yes, 10 years. My man is banned from any and all events, in person or online. Um, cannot participate, of course, in this instance as a uh, voter um, you know, for uh, the duties with the Academy. Um, he still can be nominated uh, for... 
uh, for an award yeah. um, and still can win. Essentially, the official statement from the Oscars is the 94th Oscars were meant to be a celebration of the many individuals in our community who did incredible work this past year. However, those moments were overshadowed by the unacceptable and harmful behavior we saw Mr. Smith exhibit on stage during our telecast. We did not adequately address the situation in the room. For this, we are sorry. This is an opportunity for us to send an example for our guests, viewers, our Academy family around the world, and we fell short. Today, the Board of Governors convened a meeting to discuss how best to respond to Will Smith's actions at the Oscars. In addition to accepting his resignation, the Board has decided for a period of 10 years, from April 8th, 2022, Mr. Smith shall not be permitted to attend any Academy events or programs in person or virtually. So, it is, uh, there was a lot of, like, conversation online people were not fully i guess people were not fully looking into like everything it meant they were reading the headlines yes people were freaking out that he could not be nominated they were like well good thing he won before he can't win again for 10 years i'm like no no, he can still win which is an important thing to think like he's basically not invited to the party anymore like it's like you can't come you cannot accept if you do win you can't like even send in a video like it's like Somebody like, you know, Jason Momoa is going to walk up there and say, we accept this in his behalf. And he's going to walk off the stage. Um, it's, it is, a, it, my opinion, to slap on the wrist. It's like, it's it, the, at the end of the day, the Academy Awards, like he, he, re, he resigned. He stepped down, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's a big deal. Big step. Um, they had to take some action to show that they did not apart from just saying we asked him to leave and he said yeah no i'm good um they had to like take an action some people think that 10 years is too much again he's just not invited to the party anymore or any of the parties hopefully he doesn't win like hopefully they'll be respectful and he doesn't get like you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Like a, it's a lifetime achievement award. Like I'm, I'm hoping in these 10 years, they will be like, you know what? We're going to wait till you're 11 to give him lifetime achievement award and, or, or further so that he, I mean, he has to show up for that. Um, but like in these 10 years, you know, he doesn't win that, but he can still win. He just, he just can't come. Do you guys think that they might do like a, like a presidential uh, uh, forgiveness or something. Like after like five, six years, they will say, okay, we'll just like de- drop these things. It's too much. Or like, I don't know. Like, I feel like 10 years is too much. I f- it should have been five years. I mean, so, you know, it's it's weird. Cause like in one respect, can 10 years feel like a long time? Yeah. 10 years is a long time. But also think about what came out 10 years ago, just movie wise. Like, yo, that was 10 years ago. Time goes by quick, especially the older that we get. Right. But yes, on the other hand, yes. yeah, it can definitely like, feel like a slap in the wrist because people say, like, what does he suffer? <laughs> like, yeah. what? It, and he doesn't even get, he, he doesn't even, it's not like, let's remember this. He doesn't go to all of them. <laughs> like, Correct. Like, he, he wasn't there last year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, it's 10 years because it's like, you know, that's maybe four that he would have you know, been nominated for that he won't be able to attend. It's not like he's going to be, if he's nominated for the next 10 years and he can't attend for 10 years. Yeah. That's a, that's a bigger deal. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. But also like, I, I want to get, I want us to get to a point where we can joke about it. Um, we're not going to fully move on from this until Chris Rock does a sit down 
Um, he has made it very explicit that he has no desire to talk about it during his current stand-up tour that is selling out because of it. Um, he said that he's waiting to get paid from it before he talks to it. So whether that's on, uh, that's with Oprah, whether that's a Netflix special, because um, he has a deal with Netflix and stuff like that, I don't know. A lot of folks are weighing in. There's still folks that feel that the 10 years isn't enough. Um, particularly, there was a Variety article where there was a guest column by Harry Lennox. Um, and he's a, he's a, a revered actor. I've known him. I mean, he's been, you know, a part of my life, you know, in his filmography since I was a child. Um, most recently, he played Martian Manhunter in the Zack Snyder, um, you know, in the Snyderverse um, of Justice League. Um, particularly, he believes that Will Smith needs to return the Oscar to restore the award's honor. Um, a quote from his article out of respect for the 94 years of honor conferred upon this award, I do not in good conscience feel worthy of being its custodian is what he wishes Will Smith would have said to decline the award. Thoughts? The, the, the one has nothing to do with the other. I'm sorry, Mr. Lennox, Mr. Hunter of men. Um, and that's what he's doing here. Yes. He is... He is hunting down Will Smith. No, sir, please. That it's a role you played. Uh, be back to a regular man. No, like the one has absolutely nothing to do with the other. He won this award. Had nothing to do with Chris Rock. Had nothing to do with the Oscars. Had nothing to do with the statue. Like this was completely separate. It is a recognition of his work in King Richard. Some would say it is a recognition of the work of his life. <laughs> um, and he deserves to be recognized for the work that he did. Um, this slap, yes, this is a stain on him, not a stain on the Oscar. I do agree. Why 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 would he return it? Like it's not it's not anything related to the history of the academy. And like what you mentioned, Rolak, is exactly true. Because at this point, we should ask like all the others to return all their uh, awards if they did anything wrong, even including the Oscars. Like these cannot be matched with that. It, like Oscar. the fact that we're talking about the Oscars history is far from honorable. Like it's so funny. Like we forget yeah. that not too long ago we had uh, Harrison Ford go overseas to give an Oscar to. Roman Polanski and everybody exactly. stand and gave him an ovation, yes. bro. Like, get off yeah. of it. We have deplorables truly as Oscar winners and nominees. Like, we don't need to go back. What yeah. we're not going to do is open up Pandora's box for having him feel like he needed to return this. He made a big mistake. I think he's going to take this time, truly reflect, and he's going to go out and deliver some banging work in the future. Yes, appropriately, yeah. all the studios are going to be like, hey, let's wait a little bit before we kind of ramp things back on production. But let me tell you, the show will go on. And it's also last thing I'll say on this, um, I I'm I'm a fan of Harry Lennox. I'm a fan of a lot of the work that he's done. Really enjoy him. Got a great voice. Um, that being said, when you win an Oscar, you tell me if you want to return it. Like, no, sir. Like you do, you don't know what this means to, for, for somebody that's been fighting this for his whole life. Like no, we're not. He's not returning it. That's just silly. Moving on. <laughs> Next up on the report, cans. We ain't going there. Yeah. Next up on the report, 
Hold on. <laughs> what did you just we say? We got reviews. <laughs> yo, we'll be there next year. Yo, are we going to be there next year? I think next year we'll be there. Right? It's not called Cannes. What so, is Cannes? What is Cannes? It's Cannes. It's Cannes. Oh, it's Con. Actually, it's Con. Yeah, it's Con. I apologize. Con. That's whenever I think of Con, I I think of you know uh, Spock. I think that the city of Con should respell it to K A H N. You know, that'd be pretty dope. Um, but yeah, your favorite minorities will try to get there next year. Um, so <laughs> we'll gladly retweet any of our fine fellow folks on Film Twitter uh, for all the work and stuff. I'll, I'll be interested to see what the lineups like. I'll tell you that and then i'll be like yeah pissed it's like oh we missed out on this no um but yeah we'll be on the lookout for like venice and you know tell your ride and, and tiff and see where we're at there next up on the report more reviews ambulance i hope i swear michael bay if you're listening i'm gonna say it this way ambulance 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 <laughs> regardless of how you say it it's a movie about two robbers they steal an ambulance after their heist goes awry. Directed by Michael Bay, writers are Chris Fiedek. It's based on the film Ambulance N uh, from 2005, a French film, it appears. Uh, that is written by Lawrence Munch Peterson and Lars Andreas Peterson. It is starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, and Isa Gonzalez. Once again, this is Isa Gonzalez. This is not Adrian Arjona, who is inside of Morbius. It was crazy how many people thought that those two are the same people. I almost made them a mistake. Yeah, this is they insane. They favor one another. <laughs> they favor one another. They are two different people. <laughs> and it I also stars Aaron Dillon. <laughs> I will say this. So I know who Asa Gonzalez is, right? Yes. And when I was watching Morbius, I was like, <laughs> oh. Look at her work. <laughs> you know, and then and then I went, wait a second. I don't think that's the same person. Like, and so like there was like I knew that it wasn't the same person, but boy, did I for a second think it 100 percent was. Um, yeah, they uh they do very much favor each other. Shama, it's been a while since we've done this because uh it, it hasn't applied that much lately, but uh this movie was affected by the pandemic, its release dates. Uh, what 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 did it go through to finally arrive at this release date? So we know like this is like Michael Bay's Universal movies, and he usually doesn't work with Universal that much. And Universal loved or loved in the past like two years to change release dates upon other studios' release dates. So this movie originally had like the, was scheduled to be released on Valentine's of 2022, uh, on the same day with Uncharted. And then when Sony pushed a bullet train from April to July, Universal decided just, okay, let's release it in April because it doesn't make any sense to be a spring break movie. Uh, they know that like Sonic is coming at the same time, but they said, okay, let's release it because that makes perfect sense, which does not make any sense. So the movie, yeah, exactly. Had like uh, lots of scheduled times for February and then um, they just decided to push it to April. And uh, but it, at, at least it's one push. Not like Morbius, which like should have been released like seventeen thousand years ago. So, so, uh, so we're gonna do non non spoiler general thoughts. Colby did not see ambulance, or sorry, ambulance, which is about ambulance. ambulance. 
ambulancia. So, I'll give my my now supposed general thoughts. Um, this, <laughs> yo, Mike, when Michael Bay decides that he is just gonna do, he, I feel like, let me rephrase that. I feel like this movie, he said, I'm gonna see how far I can push it. And, like, I'm going to see how, like, what will I get away with? That is this movie. Like, this, let me tell you something. The problem with this movie is not so much the narrative. It's everything else. Um, The, the cinematography in this movie is something else. Like, you, <laughs> you should watch it in IMAX. Sit far back, all right? Sit far back. Go watch a sold-out show. When I tell you that at the very least, listen, I'll give it up. This is this was a great theatrical experience to watch in a sold-out house with people that get it. People that get that this is a comedy by Michael Bay. Okay? This is not an action movie. This, this is a comedy, guys. And if you go into this knowing... That this is a comedy, you will have a great time. You laugh, but you laugh at the movie, not with it, not at jokes. No, you're laughing at Michael Bay. And I just I I cannot accept that he has not given us permission to laugh at him. Because this movie is absurd. Like the cinematography, the drone shots are wild. They will make you dizzy. The dialogue is like, wow. Like, it, it is laughable. Truly, truly laughable. The moments, the action, the absurdity. Like, I'm telling you, this, it, it has been a very long time. You guys know, if you're a long-time listener, you know that I am a proponent. Like, I think... That a great film can be enjoyed. Yeah, the theater adds to the experience. But like a great film, I could enjoy it at home. You know, it my experience would not be all that much affected by not watching in theaters. This movie, there is no point that I repeat. Listen, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this twice, okay? There is no point in watching this movie if you don't see it in theaters. Go if you have any interest in this. Watching it at home is a waste of time. Unless you have a projector at home to project it onto your wall and get a similar experience and crazy speakers. There's no point. If you have any interest, you need to watch this movie in theaters with a group of people and just have a ball. Get a beer. Like, get some popcorn. Just get ready to laugh. Bring a napkin so that you can wipe the tears because you will cry from laughter. This movie is hilarious. Shout at the screen. Take the opportunity. No one's going to get mad at you. I shouted at the screen multiple times. Nobody got mad at me. They just laughed because the movie is ridiculous. Um, it is so bad that it is one of the best experiences in theaters this year. And it has renewed my faith in the movie theater experience. Thank you, Michael Bay. <laughs> wow. Wow, Raul. First of all, there is no point at all of watching this movie at all. Like, you know, like, as you said, like, if it's not like about to go to the theater to laugh about but there's no point mentioning the cinematography, 
and the drone is like a kid with a new toy you know what can you go further what's the limit you can use you want to do really good, like yeah. fish eye shots like unnecessary okay you want to do drones going up and down and reflected the and having the screen like from the top to the bottom there's no sense somebody's running on the street why do you need to go to a 40 story building and get the camera all the way up to go all the way down to show her purse that doesn't affect anything <laughs> in the show that's like that's true one thing First of all, it was so embarrassing for me. I saw this movie more than 45 days ago, like like in early March before its release with all the executives from Universal. It was so embarrassing to see it in like an IMAX in 700, one of the biggest IMAX locations, 700 screens with all these people and like with people just like laughing. Everybody is laughing, but not only there. Yeah, you have like people from the filmmakers of the film itself. Most of the executives of Universal. I was just like, everybody was trying to hide their laughs, but we cannot because it's a laughable experience. Michael Bay again tries to mix all of his movies together. You know, I said like, okay, let's make my a lifetime achievement of my movies and mix them together. Unnecessary gimmicks and tricks deliver an unoriginal, boring story that forcefully has to happen in L.A. with no valid reason. As you said, it's a crowd popcorn movie that could have been way stronger, way stronger than like where it is if he focused on one of the three stories, not try, trying to mix them together. Can you imagine if he did not have Jake Gyllenhaal or Yaya Abdul-Mateen II as like strong performance performers? It, or Asa Gonzalez. She delivered a great performance. Yes, but like, it's like... Uh, reprising Meg Ryan from Transformers, like uh, is like trying to mix like Armageddon like with with some of the Megan Fox. of the. I'm sorry, Megan Fox. Fox. I said Meg Ryan. Ryan. I'm sorry. I mean <laughs> Megan Fox. You know, like Megan keeps like uh, mixed together. Um, that's uh, you know this guy like he, he did like the 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 the, the laugh moments in like Bad Boys, but like it's uh, we don't see the same laughable things here. We don't see the drama of Pain and Gain. He tried to to put like things from Transformers and he failed as well. After 13 hours, uh, like that movie that he did, I really thought that like he will do more stronger movies because he can. But here we have like another disposable film that should have been way, way shorter than this. It could have been at least an hour shorter. And the cinematography is the killer in this film. It listen, the cinematography and the editing. It so for, first off, I feel shame. You touched on this. But I feel shame that I didn't talk about this. Um, yeah, the performances are really strong. I think all around, people really committed to this role and deliver great performances all around. Uh, but yes, yo, the cinematography is ridiculous. I am pretty sure there's an entire look for this. It's early in the movie. It's in a warehouse with lots of cars. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, Yaya Abdul-Mateen are having a conversation. And I'm pretty sure that Michael Bay... Just put the camera on a on a dolly, and just had them go in circles clockwise while the while the scene just they just kept repeating the scene, and then he said, "Cool, that was great. Now I want the camera to go counterclockwise, and just do it all over again." And like because if you watch, like the the camera's just going in circles around them, and we are just cutting. It's a it's a three minute conversation. The camera cuts about 77 times and it's just going in circles in opposite directions every time it cuts it switches whether it's going to the left or it's going to the right and it, it's it's wild like wow 
Oh, wow. You just reminded me of this scene because both of them were trying to really have a strong, strong, strong performance like and delivery to like cheesy lines or like bad written lines, but like with because both of them are really good performers. So they tried to get the best out of it. But like now when you reminded me of that scene, yeah, that was obnoxious. But on the other side, this movie was created for somebody like like my dad. He loved this movie. He went to the theater to love because, like, you remember, he, he loves these kind of things. You know, it, it doesn't matter how nonsensical it is; just like action and like pretty full pack. That like the the theater is like rumbling. You know, he saw it in IMAX, and the theater is rumbling, and that's it. That's what it, this is created for. Oh. So, what that being said, can Michael Bay films like this survive the rest of this decade, or is the audience that like responds to this are they dying out? No, he will always have their audience, his audiences. He, he it's always there. He, because listen, I tried like to interact with some of the uh, movie watchers like after the movie, and they said like, okay, we know what we purchased the ticket for, and we enjoy like this. As Raul said, it large popcorn, large soda, large beer. Like watch the movie, leave in the middle of the show, go use the bathroom, and come back, and nothing changes. That's what they are. Yeah, but for. Shama, you know what is changing diminishing box office returns. You said it. Debuting at number four opening week during spring break, $8.7 million. This has to be at least a $100 million budget. You got a movie star and Jake Gyllenhaal hit it. Like, yeah. that ain't good, That bro. was bad distribution so, of the film. It should not be released at this time. They know that Sonic will catch all the families. Like, you know, like 20% of these dads or parents that went to watch Sonic if, if 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 Sonic was not there, they they just want to go with their pals, with their friends, and go watch Ambulance at one night by themselves. But that was wrong choice of time, the timing wise. This movie is is it should not have been released with a family friendly film at the same time because it took the majority of the box office from them. Yeah, not only that, um, this movie should they should have found a way to make this film PG thirteen. Um, Interesting so that. Yeah, that is a really big thing. This film could be PG thirteen. You take a lot, a lot of the cussing. You take out like a couple of the gory things, and this film can one hundred percent be a borderline PG thirteen film, um, to where you now get the teenage audiences that want to go enjoy it, that don't want to go with their parents. You get the parents that want to take their teenage kids to go see it, and you it gets that much more. So that really hurt it. But yeah, I think Michael Bay films will have an audience long term, um, but. I will say this, man. This is my bold prediction. And Michael Bay, soon, he's going to be like, listen, I'm sick and tired of this. And he's going to win an Oscar. Because is Michael Bay capable of directing an Oscar? Yes, he is. After what I saw him doing in 15 hours, I think he is capable. But like, it's not, I don't want to say lazy. I don't want to. I, I don't want to say lazy, but like I think he just needs to have a bigger picture, to know that like he needs to evolve and have a different level of filmmaking. I like one of the my my employees like uh, at work that they said, this is like an A M Bay lens, like A Michael Bay lens. <laughs> it's like a lens for Michael Bay to get his himself together, you know, like. But I, I hope somebody will, will point this to his face after what's considered failing box office revenue. Let's move on. Next up on our report. This is our last review. So last up on the report. So review for Morbius. 
Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with the form of vampirism. This is written and directed by Iris K. Shim. It is also written by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharples. It is starring Jared Leto, Adria, Adria Arjona, Matt Smith, Tyrese Gibson, my man, uh, Jared Harris, El Madrigal, he's from the Familia Madrigal, and Michael Keaton. Uh, let's get into our non-spoiler general thoughts on this. Colby Mack, I think we are all dying to know. Where you landed. So I'm just going to go and say you should go first. Let's get your non-spoiler general thoughts. With great power comes great responsibility. That lives in this universe. I think. (laughs) I will say this for Michael Morbius. um, Having great power and that responsibility is a living nightmare. This movie is not a living nightmare. I feel like the pre-reactions to this film and the post-reactions to this film are emblematic of something that is truly contagious and not a bloodborne disease, but inherent bias to anything that Sony puts its hands on in regards to Marvel. And I think that that kind of sucks, bro. Like, do not get me wrong. The bar for superhero films has been raised with the standard the MCU has set. Sony's Morbius does not reach that bar. I think what it does is a lot of the good things that we got in the late 90s and early 2000s of superhero films. Just because something is emblematic of a particular time of filmmaking does not make it inherently bad. It does nothing to advance the genre forward. It's aggressively, I don't want to say mediocre, Like, it's weird. Mediocre sounds so much worse than average, but it is a very average in regards to a superhero film. It charts the way that you expect it. This is not Spider-Man No Way Home, but I think that this is a solid first outing for Sony's version of Batman, if you get what I mean. I think the biggest crime is what the trailers and the marketing sets you up for And based off of the comments from the director, Sony really just, Sony messes it up because they're trying to, they want to do the MCU thing so bad that they're propping this film, which has gone through so many iterations. You watch this movie, you know it's been chopped and screwed over and over and over again. Because what is sold to get you into the theater is a different film than when you watch it. It's a throwback to the Marvel movies that like we grew up on. And I will say this, it's intense. It's at times a little scary. I took my daughter, shout out to Rai Rai Rai. And um, my little mini Mac was legit holding on to my arm because she was terrified by what she saw on the screen. So that was a pretty fun experience. And I will say, I mean, granted, it's 2022. It's one of the coolest vampire movies of the 21st century. I'll give it that. I am speechless. Honestly. Like, 
you know, like it, it's so hard to say. Like this feel, this movie. You know, like when you're going to watch it, and like you're fine, and then like you are in the middle of the movie, you have like heartburn, and like by the end of the movie, you just like want to throw up. I swear, like I just like you just oh, want to wow. throw up. Like it's vomit getting inside, like getting created throughout the entire movie, and it's sad to say, but like. Yes, you feel that this movie is chopped throughout the, its entirety. Like watching this movie, like first of all, like I get shocked. Like, how did Amy Pascal like greenlit this movie? The director, the, the producer that like produced every single Spider-Man movie from Sam Raimi to like the to like the Amazing Spider-Man to the new ones, and to see this, what is going on? You know, it's a nonsensical and incoherent film. Um, yes, this movie definitely was shot like in three and a half hours and they started like chopping things and put them together. It's very, very, very badly edited. Like there are scenes that like somebody is running an entire skyscraper like at the same time with the superpower of Morbius and reaching at the same time. Like the, the, the like it's nothing makes sense. And of course, like sometimes we accept things that don't make sense in a superhero movie, but not in that level and not in that manner, you know? Like... On the ship, there's like nonsensical things happening. I, I, earlier in their times, as as children, like it sounds like they are in the 30s, not like in the 80s or the 90s. You know, like in their childhood, even the way they are dressed, the way they are talking, the way they are eating, like boiled food, like the Nobel Prize winning like a ceremony, and like the nonsensical of ending that, and like his 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 mentor introducing him on stage to the king of Denmark doesn't make any sense because like he doesn't have any valid reason to be there. All these nonsensical things happening throughout the entire movie. This movie reminds us of like past uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, like the, the, the Ben Affleck Daredevil time, the Electra's time, not even on the same goodness of, of Blade. Blade was like way better at that time. Academy Award winner, crazy Jared Leto could have been like utilized in a in a way way or invested in a in a way better manner to create a strong anti-hero character that could have been more beloved you know we all know how venom is so silly but it's enjoyable you know it's a, it's you know what you are getting yourself into but here it's not it's a very bad origin story that like was butchered throughout its 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 entirety yes i don't blame everybody on this but like definitely i blame the director the writer and the producer a movie that was originally slated to be released in april of 2020 then we got the pandemic we pushed it to july of 2020 then suddenly we said like okay we're gonna release it in april of 2021 then suddenly when when everything started reopening again last year in march 2021 the movie was pushed to july of 2022 it doesn't make sense. Then they decided to pull it back to April of 2021. It's one of the first movies that will be released in the new Sony Netflix deals. Sony and Netflix signed a deal for every theatrical experience, every theatrical movie that they have from 2022 to 2026 to be released first on Netflix in, in what, what they call like pay watch, pay watch one. And then Disney signed a deal with them to have like the pay watch two to release the movie linearly, like three months after the, re- the releases on Netflix, on Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and the, the Disney Channel networks like, like ABC and Freeform and all these things. It's said, it's said to have like this great character that lives in the Spider-Verse and to be released in that manner. It's said to see Michael Keaton in this film 
reprising his role as like the vulture. And we don't know in which universe we are creating like that's a spoiler. We see it in the trailer. Two years ago. Like we saw <laughs> So I'm sorry for the spoiler. If you did not see this coming, <laughs> the, the disgusted Shabbos face we see it in the trailer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I this movie should be spoiled from the very beginning. You go into go watch this movie just like to 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 value and be grateful for what you have. To value and be grateful that you still have like good filmmakers. This movie should be spoiled from day one. I'm sorry to say it, but. Somebody somebody asked me today, they said, and I quote, I've seen every Marvel movie in theaters. Should I go see Morbius? And I said, no. <laughs> Yo, I think they should, just to be grateful movie. for the other ones. You know, when people say that, that Dor, uh, Dor, Thor The Dark World is the worst MCU movie, Thor The Dark World gets like 17,000 times better than Morbius, if that's like how it makes sense. Wow. You know? uh, so, uh, Thor The Dark World is not the worst MCU movie, but also... No, commonly, people uh, like now when they vote, like generally, worldwide, they always put Thor The Dark World at like the very end, the very tail of the list. Well, the world is wrong. It's okay. Like, uh, um, we're talking about numbers. Yo, so. this movie is wild. Like... It, you know what? Let me be honest. The first quarter of this movie, I was like, kind of odd. The Nobel Peace Prize thing was really weird. Um, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm okay with the mood. It takes a while to get going. But I was like, all right. I appreciate you taking the time to set us up, you know? Um, and then it just goes crazy. Um this is not even on the level, and no, this is not an attack on Colby. I'm not trying to start an argument. Uh, this is not even on the level of the Snyderverse. Like, this is worse than the Snyderverse, guys. Um, this movie is so horrible. Um, the editing is terrible. I'll give it to the performers. They are giving it their all. Um, but this narrative makes no sense. Um, the things that happen in this are ridiculous. Shama was talking about Morbius like he's a beloved character. I couldn't care less before this movie. And I couldn't care less after this movie. Whether Morbius is around or not. I think it's cool. The idea of having a vampire. This is not it, guys. Um, I I feel like let's just get rid of Morbius. We will try again in five years. Um, this is this is just not it. Um, I I okay. am okay. Dis- I, I, I'm disappointed in the Michael Keaton of it all. I think <laughs> it's, I guess since he's in the trailer, it makes it it it, 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 it this movie made the new three Spider Man worse because of a stupid oh, decision stop. of Michael Come Keaton. On. It does it does it makes it worse because because Sony because of Sony. There's not even but, a Spider Man no. in the movie, bro. How does it make it worse? Care. I, listen, listen. I think that we have talked about this non-spoiler enough. I want to get into spoilers. If you haven't this, seen this movie, uh, don't watch it. Don't. Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, don't watch it and listen to the spoilers, please. You just like you just like <laughs> don't see please. it, please. Yes. <laughs> um, but hey, spoiler warning. I, I want to. I don't want to be rude. 
you listen. This has got to be the worst post-credit scene ever. It's not even post-credit scene. It's a mid-credit scene. There's two mid-credit scenes, both related to Michael Keaton. Guys, what did Do- did Doctor Strange in No Way Home send anyone anywhere? Anywhere? No, no. <laughs> what he did was make people not come to his universe. That's what he did. He made people not come to him. He didn't kick anybody out. He didn't shun people. He just made them not come. So it is just silly. And this is just horrible writing by Sony thinking this. Just like, you know what? Let's utilize this character and make him a part of this universe that we're creating over here. No. So apparently. Listen, I have. Listen, listen. Hold on. Don't interrupt me. I've not been this aggressively down on a film in a very long time. I think since Uncut Gems. Have I not been this aggressively upset at a movie? All right, now you're going to piss me off. Okay? Again, I, I swear so I was planning not to mention Uncut it. Gems again, but like, don't no, frustrate no. me. Listen, the lighthouse no, and Uncut Gems are go, way listen, stronger listen, than listen, this. Listen, listen, listen. I am not trying to compare this movie to Uncut Gems. I am comparing my fury, all right? It is, for long-time listeners, listen, I don't get this angry. I got angry at Uncut Gems. I haven't been that angry since. Listen, this movie is ridiculous. Um, this post credit scene is abysmal. Why Michael Keaton just shows up in this universe like he's the only human being that got shunted out of Doctor Strange's Avengers universe? Like, makes no sense. And then all of a sudden he gets out, and then he has the suit, the, like, wings that he created with alien technology from, like, the attack on New York. How did he create these wings in this? Did they get shunted? Listen, I'm... There's no way Listen. because he appeared in a, in a cell in a prison with nothing. We saw him in the cell in the prison with nothing with him. So how did he do it? How nothing. did he find it? We don't know because in this universe we know that like the Avengers do not exist. So we don't know what's happening. Nope. It's a nonsense, like a nonsensical. Oh my gosh! Like you, 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 I'm getting more furious as well. Because okay, listen, here, guys. Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. It might be another Doctor Strange. From another multiverse that created Thank another you. spell, that created another spell yes. that I might have. So, how did he get the Avengers technology while the Avengers did not exist in that universe? How did he get like this? Okay, he might, he might like have used something from from Doctor Charles Xavier because like you know everything is like mixed together now in an entire like world. They will always find a way to validate it. That's not my point. Shama, my point. all the answers will be revealed. In Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Do not make me defend this movie more than what I want to. I give you this. This is by far the worst post-credit scene, probably in cinematic history. <laughs> it is really okay. evident that on a on, on a in a celluloid level, that the executives of Sony and the writers of this film and the director fundamentally don't understand how the MCU works, or Kevin Feige is super guarded with what information he chooses to share. Um, trying to connect this universe tangentially to what works in No Way Home is miserable. I will say, after watching the movie a second time and reflecting back on it, second time? it's more and more, time? it's more and more apparent. While there's things that I can take Cody, away and I'm enjoy, so so the screenplay does get degradingly worse. I can contribute the in your therapy. I can contribute in your therapy because, like, watching this movie <laughs> twice definitely, like. Killed something in your in your brain cells. Like, I'm so sorry. I, 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 please, please accept my condolences for like for the loss that you had in your brain. I, I, I just cannot comprehend it. 
that mention Kevin Feige here, honestly. Was Kevin Feige consulted on this? Did he even see the movie? Because I believe if he saw the movie, he will tell Amy Pascal, like, you know what? I will give you some of the money that we took from you from Spider from Spider-Man No Way Home and do not release this movie. Just like ditch it. Dig dig a hole in the ground and put it like 12 <laughs> feet under. Yo, listen, can I ask a question real quick? Yes, a simple, go ahead. simple question. Because yeah. I just this is this is not a, a criticism. This is just I need to know. Um can the other vampire guy fly? He hasn't learned how he hasn't embraced it. That, so this is the thing. This is a superhero origin story for a character who is a villain. Just like with Joker, it's hard to make, especially this character, who is such a lower rung of character in the Spider-Man lore, to make him a standalone character, right? But you have Jared Leto. You got to give him something. I would have loved to have seen Jared Leto take on and become Craven the Hunter. This movie could have worked if this was a buddy story where you have Michael Morbius befriending Peter Parker in college. So imagine you have somehow seemingly young Jared Leto befriend Andrew Garfield Spider-Man in college. And then you have Jared Leto as the B story who is dealing with this vampirism and is trying to restrain himself. And ultimately you have Andrew Garfield Spider-Man trying to save his friend. So you get rid of the whole, you know, um, uh, 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 Michael's, uh, Michael Smith. Matt Smith character, get rid of him. One, I don't even know his name. His name is Lucian at one point. Milo. He changed his name to Milo. Milo. This yeah. this dude keeps Milo for the rest of his life. Like, it's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird, right? But, like, yeah. essentially, you remove him completely, and you make Michael the principal villain, and you have somebody else kind of, like, working together. Like, there's ways to make this story work on its own. It doesn't work, yeah. but I don't I'm – not, I'm, not, I'm not offended by it. You guys deeply are. Colby. Colby. Anything would have made this film better. I think that you could make the Michael Morbius movie. You could just make it Castaway, the Tom Hanks movie, where he's like on an island to go find bats. And then his whole crew gets killed, but he gets turned into a vampire, but he's stuck on an island. And like he gets hurt by the sun. So like he has to figure out how to like get back to like the mainland while like being a vampire stuck on an island. That would have been better. And he finds a rock. And he put, draws a face on it, and that's his version of Wilson. You know, <laughs> he call, he calls Balding. You know, and like, and he just—that's the movie. That would have been a better film. There's a lot of the things movie. that don't make sense, but yo, you gotta admit, there's some cool stuff. I, I will say this: I was a bit turned off in the trailers of like how that color motion blur effect would work. I think it grew on me as I was watching the movie. Like, I like the use of the echolocation. I thought it was doing some really cool things. I don't know why folks are talking about the the, the CG is bad. The CG is not bad. The CG is okay. It's horrible. Like it's, it's, Compared it's, to Sonic. No, listen, listen, listen. No, no, no. no it's truth. embracing some video game stuff, which I think is a bit jarring when you compare it to like the realism of like the, the real stuff. But the effect when he goes from human to vampire, that was cool. That legit was scary. This, um, I, this, I, 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 this, this was cool. Like, this is great visual effects for a video game. Yes, really, really the incredible. visual effects looks like, For like a live charm the film? TV show, like the same way the vampire. Oh movie. come on! Yes, listen, no charm. Please don't don't disrespect. I, I charm is amazing. I, I love charm. But um, I'm saying like it listen, looks like that. I have old. a follow up question before 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 we move on. I have a follow up question about the flying. Um, does he fly on sound waves? No, on the air. He 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 follows the air current. The 
Oh, I didn't get oh, it. That's what air I got it, like the sound waves hold him up and hold him down. Like I thought it was why sound would the waves. sound waves hold him up? Like he creates the echo. No. For echo uh, I love the I love the I love that Kobe's getting mad at us because of the flaws of the film. So, no, um, it's just Kobe, it, it made so it made so much sense your to me. Contribution in the film uh-huh. is so much like appreciated, but like I just Yo, cannot. I will say this, man. Yo, shout out to Al Madrigal. I thought that he was great. I think the detectives are completely out of the other things in the film that are unnecessary. The detective side story is so unnecessary. You can remove the completely from the film. You don't miss a thing. But I did like his comedy. Apparently, there was some other thing that they were trying to do with Tyrese. In the trailers, my dude has a robotic arm. In the movie, they hid the arm the entire time because they completely scrapped it. Oh, I'm and glad they did wild. They should have removed Tyrese's character entirely. <laughs> entirely. <laughs> Listen, I will say... Uh, um. I enjoyed Adria Arjona. Like, I feel like she did a great job. Um, that being said, their romance makes oh, no yeah. sense to me. Yeah, it, it was because, like, it, it was not developed well. I have to accept in my mind that she has fallen in love with him because of who he is and his intelligence and working with him, but nowhere. Does, is there ever an exchange where, like, you know, because, like, I can see where he wouldn't, like, even allow himself to care for her in that way because of his condition. He feels like he has no chance, so he would rather not do yeah. it. But I still would have loved to see it from her side that he does things he doesn't even realize that, like, really, like, are so sweet and she loves and no one does and she acknowledges them and he just, like, that's just him. We don't get any of that. It just goes from zero to 100, and it's very, very strange. Um, yeah, listen, this movie is rough. Let's just get to report cards. Uh, Kobe Mac, where you at on a report card? Listen, shout out to Matt Smith as well for going for it and having fun in his not new balances. Like, everybody in this film is wearing <laughs> awful shoes. Like, truly <laughs> awful shoes. I don't know what that choice was, but like, the most awful shoes. I've got no idea why Jared Harris is in the film. Listen, I had fun with the movie because who I was going to watch the movie with. Shout out to the Mini Mac, right? I will say, in order to defend my sensibilities of giving fair criticism, I'm going to slightly modify my report card. I came in on the Colby Tommy scale as a 6 out of 10, which represents a fine slash okay. I think this movie hovers somewhere between my 5 out of 10, which is a not good movie, not bad movie, and a 6 out of 10. This is a slightly below okay film but not a bad film. <laughs> I'm going with 5.5 out of 10. <laughs> right. Shama. You know what? I'm at a 4 out of 10, and I, I wish I can go lower than this. But like Matt Smith, I hope, I hope he will just like make me forget about this in the new House of Dragons show, like the new uh, uh, HBO, HBO Max, show. Max show. Because like I've, I truly believe that like he's doing a good job. Jared Leto of what he just did in the new Apple TV Plus uh, ragged on ragged show like about the Israeli businessman phenomenal performance that like made me forget here Morbius also for a fifty year old he for me he looks like he's younger than me so seeing Jared Leto here even in this movie and he's like fifty one years old it just makes me feel that I'm old but at the same time I will forgive him for this so this movie is four out of ten and honestly. I don't want to see Morbius again, like in any MCU character. Just like wait twenty years. I mean, any MCU movie. Wait twenty years till you bring him back, unless Kevin Feige was his phenomenal 
phenomenon like talent can bring Morbius back in the MCU and help Sony do something better, I will be down for that. But I really hope it's, I will forget this movie. It, <laughs> I hope I will forget this movie. Uh, that's a great quote. Listen, if... Uh, it's tough because, like, you know, where does the Sony-verse go from here? Like, you know, I I feel like the characters have potential. Venom has potential. Morbius, please, the character, not this movie. The character has potential. Um, uh, what, what they decide to do with it, what they decide to blend it, like... I don't know. I don't know where this goes from here, but it has potential. Unfortunately, everybody that has been involved with these movies needs to go because they're making caca movies and we're just not for it anymore. Like, please, please just get other people involved because I think that these characters have potential and they're just going to, they're just, they're just making a worse DC universe that is just going to, they're just going to keep making movies just in case one catches on. And then it's just going to be like, all right, I guess we'll just move on now. Yeah. So I think that there's potential, but it's just a waste right now. My report card is a four out of 10. Four out of 10. That's where I'm at. Which makes the cumulative report card a 4.5 out of 10. I guess that's fitting. Well, last up on the report. Previews for what we got coming up this week. Fantastic Beats, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I know Raul's very excited for that. Listen, oh, me too. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm not excited because the first two have not been good. I think there's Come only been on, two, right? No, 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 no. Honestly, They've they not... brought back Steve, Steve Kloves, like the one that wrote the screenplay for, for, for Harry Potter. And and that's that's why I'm looking forward. And yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for this. You know, like the emotional way, just like waiting for a new Harry Potter movie. Especially that this one is the most Harry Potterish of all the other of the of the three yes. of them. Here's real quick. Can I just say something? Here's my here's what I've been thinking every time a trailer pops up because they pop up everywhere, right? Um, I there is something about like having seen Harry Potter, and then like you know if you remember, Voldemort is like the most powerful wizard right him and dumbledore like the most powerful wizards in history the most powerful dark lord like the two of them battling together like that is supposed to be like the the top of the top battles ever in 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 the wizarding world right within the world of harry potter but yet i watched these trailers and dumbledore's in it voldemort's not but these action sequences these wizard fights are on another level from what we saw in Harry Potter. So I feel like, and, and again, I watch Harry Potter every year. Every year. Well, I watch four through eight. I skipped the first three. Desiree watches those. Um, I, I watch them every year. And so when I see this, I can't help but think about how it clashes with what I know of that. Because like the best wizard fight we saw in between two wizards, right? In, Order of the uh, Phoenix. Harry Potter was Order of the Phoenix, which is why so many people love that It is the greatest movie. on-screen wizard casting fight in the history of cinema. Sure, but also it's a very short fight between two wizards. We are seeing levels of fighting in these trailers 
like like we've never seen. But in understand the other that's a, that's a technology culture. limitation because think of the same thing that you have with Star but, Wars, but, right? Like, think of at New what, Hope. At what point? At what, on, at what point do you have to limit? You have to find ways around your technology no. to like to like favor your universe and the but stories you're telling. Because this is the, the secrets of Dumbledore, something that like we don't know how we tuned him down between like him and Grindelwald and then him and Voldemort and what changed him from wearing like the wizard outfit and costumes to um, like at that time earlier in his time he was wearing like suits and then he changed to wizard maybe maybe they would introduce us to something that like tune him down like maybe he lost he has to, some exactly, of his powers to. that he cannot find he cannot like uh, fight Voldemort in the same way he him and no, Grindelwald used to wait. do no, but again, again, I'm I'm sitting on the dialogue. The dialogue is the greatest wizard to ever exist versus the greatest dark lord, right? So, like the most powerful dark lord, the two strongest wizards according to the Harry Potter lore. But yet, we're seeing very powerful wizards in these movies. Yeah, but I think Grindelwald was definitely on the same level as Dumbledore, and he just wasn't talked much. I mean, you have this. When you decide to go backwards, it's going to be harder. I'm not going to give it crap because like, it's the same thing that happened in the Star Wars universe, right? When you have Darth Vader fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi, and literally they're just like holding their thing, but then you go back in Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and they're like, yo, these are some badass like, space ninja fights. That's what yeah, I like to see. It's technology. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, sync yeah, up. That's right. But technology is different. It, it's not the same because it's like it 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 that was technology advancing, and it's just like Jedi fighting Jedi. This is like in the future, the greatest fighting, and then in the past, other people fighting, and the past looks better. I think that you're just, but I mean that it's different. But no, I'm really Listen, excited. I for get it. it. I can't wait to watch it. I'm gonna bring my wand. I'm gonna get my popcorn. Yo, is there gonna be like some type of? Su- I want a souvenir head of something. All right. I tried to get my tails topper and I didn't get it from AMC. Hope they're listening. I want. Where's my? I want my 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 Harry Potter Fantastic Beast memorabilia. Give me something. There's no memorabilia. AMC for, MC does for listen. Fantastic Beasts. Like, uh, but there's aye, aye, aye. there's a great, great Warner Brothers dropped the ball. Popcorn. Warner Brothers dropped the ball on the memorabilia. Warner Brothers dropped the ball by killing Zoe Kravitz in the last movie. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, that was sad. It sh- sh- she it should did. not have uh, died. But uh, you have a Doctor Strange popcorn uh, bucket that will be phenomenal. So wait for it for okay. Doctor Strange. Yeah. All right. In addition to Fantastic Beasts, you have a smaller film, The Cellar, that is dropping in theaters and also on Shutter. Got a chance to check that out on South by Southwest. I say don't. <laughs> you also got Choose or Die on Netflix and a film that we all got a chance to watch together at Sundance is coming to select theaters, Duel. No. I love Duel. Don't. Oh, yeah. Please watch it. I love it. Don't. I liked it. I loved it. I liked it. <laughs> Uh, that is it for today's episode. Well, that's all we have for you today. But coming soon is another podcast review for the Daniels and their film, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and a series review for Peacock's Bel Air. Please be on the lookout for both. Uh, and also, would you do us a solid and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? We'd really appreciate it. It helps us climb the charts. It helps people to find us as well. Also, make sure you continue to check out the site. Stay up to date with everything we are up to and check out any of all of our written content newest releases up right now it's a written series review for apple tv plus's severance from our boy raul at mreportpod.com team where can the people find you you can find me at the raul nevado on twitter and instagram
And you can find me at Mohamed Sharma on Twitter and Instagram. You can find your boy at Colby Told Me on Twitter and IG and follow us at Emperor Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This has been yours, Minority Support. Peace.